It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into this edition of the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, sponsored by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Hey! Hey! That was Chad Brendel, and that was Rick Roaring. Rick from Musketeer Report and Chad from Bearcat Journals. We're on our Skinny, Sunday night post podcast. How's my shoulder? Yeah. Why is that? Did you throw your shoulder out? I saw a you clip the, last. I saw a the, highlight last night where uh, the Beachwood Tigers won their first All A, first ever All A regional ninth, title. ninth regional All A title. Yes. And uh, there I see a little angry short man at the end of the bench just firing off one of the most vicious arm pumps. <laughs> After the buzzer beater to win the game, well, and I was a little bit concerned for your shoulder. I, I was okay. Yeah, okay, I was okay. Good. I was okay. I did. Well, get, he needed that shoulder for later that night. Yes, because there. Well, they took the pain away. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> Whatever pain there was. No, but the only pain I felt was the kid that made the game-winning shot hugged me, and he's he's about six four and about two hundred and thirty pounds, and I thought I was going to die. He literally, I thought was going to squeeze the life out of me, and of course, then it, he's soaked in sweat, and I'm like, ah, get off me, dude. I, <laughs> Appreciate your effort. Have I told the Justin Jackson story here on this podcast I think so. before? So I'm sitting next to a, a lady that's the producer for ESPN games. Like generally in, in Fifth Third Arena where I sit is the seat next to the TV crew. Gotcha. Okay. So there's a lady sitting next to me and Justin Jackson comes flying for a loose ball. And you had to catch him? No. He jumps right between us with his face towards me and his back towards her. But like right between us, knocks her over. So she gets up and she gets up and she's kind of rattled and she starts like feeling around on her face. And she's like, is there, is there any blood? And I was like, honey, that it's not blood. That's, that's sweat. Justin sweat. Yeah. That's all brutal. Over that's your, brutal. All over and she like, she looked at me like, Oh, I wish it was blood. Yeah. Now, I know. Yeah, now, now that you say that, now, yes. that you, now that it was ass sweat, I uh, really wish it was blood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have to go to the restroom at this point now. Thanks, sir. <laughs> Holy cow. All right, we got some ground to cover. Obviously, another big Saturday of games. Start with a big win for Xavier um, going to Seton Hall. And um, feels like all is forgotten from the Villanova loss now because this is kind of an equalizer, right? This is what happens every year. It is. Yeah. It, if you were worried about the Villanova loss, it's stupid. I mean, like, I get sure. it. Villanova owns Xavier. You can make any comments you want about that, and, and they're fair. It's all within. No, I thought you really did a good job addressing that going into the game, and and, and it played out exactly like you said it was going to play but it out. Ju- but it, it was just a matter of matters. How, the thing it did is 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 how did you respond to that loss? Well, and they it, responded like a good team should. But more importantly, I think the difference with this year is you had that Providence loss right before it right. too, where people were kind of like, oh, "Sky's falling." What's going on there? And and then Xavier didn't you know didn't look great. So they come out, they play well against Creighton. Now they've reeled off three in a row, and the win against Seton Hall at Seton Hall, a team they had never beaten on the road right. since they joined the Big East, it was big. And I think it was big because that was the best defensive effort we've seen from this team, I think, all year. Yeah. I didn't get to see it, so I'm not going to have much to say, but better than Creighton? Yeah, without question, better than Creighton. Okay. Um, the and, and they needed it because they didn't shoot the ball in the first half. No, they didn't hitch. I mean, they ended up, what, 9 for 24, I think, from 3. So yeah. it wasn't a bad number No, overall. it was about the first half, though. Right, right. They yeah. did start off slow. They missed a lot of free throws early. They turned the ball over a ton. The thing about the Xavier team is when they're not giving away possessions, meaning turning the ball over for kind of ridiculous reasons usually, or taking just kind of stupid shots, 
they get good looks almost against everybody they play. And that was the case yesterday. Even when they weren't making them, they were getting good looks. And I think that's what scares you most about playing them if you're if you're another team is it's like they're down five to eight to ten the whole game and then all of a sudden the final twelve minutes those they, shots start going in. They yeah. flip the switch, they yeah. start making shots and then they're on a fifteen five run or whatever it is and, and they kind of take control. So it was it was almost a microcosm of what the Savior team is about, really, watching that game yesterday. You know, there was a party, too, in, on, on Rick's message board when I said I didn't see the game, so I'm not going to have much to say. <laughs> which is which is always a good thing, right? Because right. Yeah, but you're not highly critical of this team, though. No, I'm not. I, I, there's nothing to be I critical really of, really. critical of them all year, even uh, when they haven't played well. Uh, J.P. Makura probably had his best game this season, yes? Yeah, that one's up there with his best games ever. Yeah, um, I was gonna say career best game. Everybody might, was going nuts. So it, it might be just because. And I'll touch on the play in a second, but yeah, just because of every time, like the game felt like it might get away a little bit, or Xavier st- started to feel like they were on a little bit of a run, or whatever sort of momentous occasion there was in the game, all of a sudden JP would just make a big play, and it was his his impact felt even more than his stats showed. You know, it felt like he was he was making a bigger impact. Just well, stats showed a lot too, though. I, I know he ended up with twenty seven points yeah. and like five boards or whatever. But it, it felt like he was just everywhere constantly. If there's a loose ball, JP was in the scuffle for it. You know, and it was it was a fun performance to watch. The two tip ins, the tip dunk, obviously a big time highlight. That's the only one. I, I I was in the car at that point, and I swear I thought Joe Sunderman was about to blow my speakers out of my car. I don't know that the first tip in earlier in the second half wasn't the more impressive one. Though, that was a good one, yeah. He came running from the baseline out from under, jumped backwards with his back facing the rim, and tipped the ball straight back off the backboard and in. And, I mean, like, you see that a, a decent amount with big men where they're, like, right around the yeah, backboard and they just big, get a little big touch. To do it, right. But this was, like, three feet off the rim, and he's, like, in the air just sort of throwing it back. It was that was impressive. The, the, the tip dunk. Again, I've not seen it, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the, see highlight. the highlight. Yeah, I know. I've not seen the highlight of it. One, one of the best ones you've seen? Or just was it more garden variety than, than no, it was made I, out to be? In between. Yeah, it was, it was a really good play, but I think it was more about when it occurred and the momentum. Yeah, because it was a huge Zay, bucket. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, because he had just hit a three, I think, before. Or no, he had just made some free throws, I think, before that, maybe. And then he got the tip dunk. It was like a thing where he went on a 6-0 run, right. basically, by himself. That sort of put Xavier in the lead for good. And, and that was the big thing about it. It was it came at a critical moment. It came over Angel Degado. It was kind of more about that than it was the actual dunk itself. Yeah. Seton Hall goes four for twenty from three. Kadeem Carrington was what zero for seven, I believe. I'm doing that off the top of my head, but I know he was zero for um, from the right. floor. How much of that was good defense? How much of that was just Seton Hall missing shots? It was a lot of it was good defense in the second. Half. I mean, Kadeem Carrington got off to a hot start and was torching him early in the first half. And uh, Desi Rodriguez made tough shots all game. And I don't know that Xavier can do much better against Desi Rodriguez than they did in the second half with Kaiser Gates sort of matching up with him. It was the first one thing is Xavier matches up better with a team like Seton Hall than they do someone like Shamori Pons or um, the guards for Marquette, where you've got two small ball handlers like that. Kidding Carrington is more of a combo guard. Right. He's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and longer. He's more of a shooter. So it doesn't put that, t- that pressure. Even though Seton Hall still attacks you off the dribble and uses a lot of ball screens, not as quick as some of the other point guards in the conference. So Xavier matches up a little bit better, but they kept the ball in front of them more often in the second half than we've seen them do all year. What do you make of Seton Hall? I'm curious because... Obviously, they're really talented. I just did. I guess I didn't with this much senior leadership. I don't know that I expected them to be 
incons- I don't know if inconsistent is the right word, but just kind of up and down a little bit more than they've like you expect a team that's that old and relies on that many guys to maybe be a little bit more steady. And it seems like they've they've had a lot of bumps. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if losing to Xavier is like being inconsistent, no, not, then not it's a, not, I get what you're saying. Just but I'm just saying play, like this, more in their play than the results, because sometimes you watch them and they look amazing and other times it's like they're stuck in third gear or something i think part of it is they don't have great point guard play kadeen carrington isn't like a uh, a great true he's a tough player i like him but he's not like a great true point guard mm-hmm. and i think sometimes that that causes them to struggle because they turn the ball over a lot yeah and i mean angel legato turns it over more than anyone so i think they just have sometimes a little bit of an issue of who they are getting the ball into him versus letting those Perimeter two guards oriented. drive yeah. and miles powell shoot and Miles Powell is known to take some bad shots and turn the ball over as well. They've just kind of got some interesting pieces. And then the, the more interesting thing right now is that Willard and Desi Rodriguez had their whole spat before this game. Is there some conflict going right. on in that locker room? I, I think that's something to watch going forward in the Big East because they could fall off here with some of the other teams in that mid-level. Yeah, yeah they're right in the mid-level. It's interesting. In the league. I expected a lot from them with this makeup of that team. Like, yeah, and Creighton ended up kind of being the better team. Yeah. And then now Creighton has Crumple hurt, so... That's a huge loss for them. Yeah, I mean, both of those teams could be struggling here all of a sudden. Providence and Marquette will have a big opportunity. Right. And Butler. Right. Well, speaking of Marquette for an opportunity, they, they do come to Xavier on, on Wednesday night. And you mentioned the matchups because Marquette has been a tough matchup. You mentioned St. John's. The next two games are Marquette and St. John's. One at home, one on the road. Um, and just the way that the, the matchups occur, these are tough back-to-backers. Yeah, I think a loss at home to this Marquette team would be really disappointing mm-hmm. for Xavier. The problem with saying that is, if those two get hot from three, sometimes there's almost nothing right, you can do right. about beating them. But with it being at home, I, I think that's one where you, you look and say, Xavier's got to win that game. Going to St. John's, you'd like to think they'll win that, but <coughs> still at Carnesecca with Shimori Pons. Ooh, it's at Carnesecca. It's yeah, not at MSG. It's not at MSG. If it was at MSG, you'd feel a lot better about it. Yeah. But I could see that one definitely giving Xavier some trouble. That was one the little I band box. The little band I, box. That was one I hated when UC was in the Big East. Was seeing that assignment being at Carnesecca because it's it, it's what? a it's, it's the definition of old school band. The box. interesting is that it might not have a whole lot of juice right now because they're struggling so bad. Yeah, but but like when you're in a position like they are, where your season That's is basically right, yeah. lost, what is there to play for other than? The game against Villanova, the game, the against, game against Xavier, Xavier right, when right. you got him at home, yeah. like a chance to knock off a top dog, a nationally ranked team. I'm sure they're going to be coming for him, you know. So it'll be that'll be a fun game. Yeah, I'm just saying it won't be like crazy loud, like won't be. Yeah, super Although, hype. You only need about 300 people yeah, to get that place true. rocking. So. Very true. And, and for as well as Karim Cantor's played, he he did not obviously play well. Was that just a matchup circumstance for him, or one of those games, and you just chuck it away? Yeah, well, I mean, he only played nine minutes, yeah. so he didn't get much of a chance to show us, like, was he going to sort of shake himself, himself out, out of it? it? But, yeah, he started slow against Angel Delgado, and I kind of thought that might be yeah. the case. Delgado is a tough matchup. Yeah, that's not a good – there's a lot of good matchups for Karim Cantor. Angel Delgado, not not really one of them. That's no. that's a big, tough, physical, nasty dude. And Xavier did an okay job defensively against him. Against him, him yeah. He just dominated he had the 18, class. He had 18, 18 rebounds, yeah. and, and he, he gave Xavier trouble. Xavier's post – Post players were two for eleven from the field. So yeah, speaks speaks of him. That was anything else. that was one kid. Like you watched him in AAU, and your initial thought was he's going to lead the country in rebounding. Like he he's, he's some some guys do. Some guys just have that knack too. He man. De- he's developed his game a lot in other areas. When he was in high school, 
he just got every re- like he was Dennis Rodman of high school. The ball came off the rim, and Angel Delgado had it before you realized what was going on. It would just frustrate the hell out of me to be a Seton Hall fan, have that type of rebounder on my team, have a team that rebounds so well on the offensive end, and just never box out and give up all the offensive rebounds they yeah. do because they're like. 150 or something in defensive rebounding no percentage, sense. I think. And Xavier got him for 21 second chance points, no, it, I think. It in sometimes game. does make sense because the guys who are just natural rebounders sometimes don't do it fundamentally. I mean, they just go, they go chase it. And sometimes going to chase it really costs you on the offensive glass. Yeah. It really does. I mean, he's a great rebounder. I mean, I, you get 18. I don't care what you did to get he's 18. He's led the country twice already. Yeah, he's a, he? he's a terrific rebounder. But I, I think sometimes teams that do that just don't do it fundamentally sound, and hence you give up some, some offensive rebounds. You have no business and giving you're up. you're very fundamentally sound. I love you're, fundamentals. I'm an old-school fundamentalist. Yeah, they're not even really like a hit-and-get team. Yeah, they're, and I'm not a big just, fan of that they're either. They're just a yes. run-and-go-grab. Yeah, and, and sometimes that's just not good. Yeah, they have a lot of long guys that are pretty good. Even their guards are decent offensive rebounders when they're crashing the glass. But defensively, they – they give you a lot of opportunities. Yep, so a big win for Xavier. Uh, still second, in, uh, stayed second in the league behind Villanova. Kind of solidifying themselves as second in the Big East. Yeah, there's a big pack of teams right behind them at four and three. I mean, it, well, three losses. I mean, they're, they're at six and yeah. two, but yeah, there's a I bunch of teams mean, but in the three terms losses. Of play, yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. The you know the 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 first loss was eh, kind of write it off fairly easily. Villanova, we expected, but. They look better than everybody but Villanova, I think, right now. I think that's yeah. a fair assessment. Ten days ago, we were talking about, well, is this Xavier team really top 10, top 15 in the country? Are they really clearly the second best team after Villanova? I, I think the answer now is yes. And now it clearly feels like that is yeah. the case. And they're pretty much who we thought they were since the beginning of the season. You, we just have to understand, like we've been talking about with this team, they seem to have a tendency to play down to their competition a little more than some of the other Good teams in the country. But, but I, I think the main point you made is is just the fact that that Providence and 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 Nova came back to back and felt like oh gosh what's happening wrong and it was just so happened you shouldn't have probably lost to Providence you were going to lose to Villanova it just it, it made it it magnified it more than it probably should have for everybody and that was on the back of them having multiple games in a row where they played yes, down to their competition correct. and, and they come were back just a sneaking, couple or yeah, let a team sneak in and, and and score a bunch late like Marshall did and it was reasonable like I felt the same way as other people sure. did there was reason to question like wait is this team as good as we think they are but. Then they showed us they're exactly who we thought they were. We, we don't know if we're going to have Rick for the end of this podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to get my final take in now before we get to All right, fair enough. And then this will segue to UC. Fair enough. We are on the verge tomorrow, Monday, the first time in history, in history. Both in the top ten? That Xavier and UC are both going to be in the top ten. And we talked about all offseason. We feel like these are two top ten, top 15-ish teams. I think we are in January. They are playing legitimately both like two top 10, top 15 ish yeah. teams. Mick wouldn't talk about it in the post game because he's not going to talk about Xavier. If you ask Chris Mack about UC in the middle right. of the season, he's not going to talk about UC. That's how they are. But it's pretty cool. It is. I'm, it's pretty cool to be in a situation where they're going to be eight or nine, eight and nine, nine and 10, whatever the case may be, but they're both simultaneously going to be in the top 10 at the same time. Yeah, and and like you said, for it to be this far along in the season where it's not fluke stuff early, it's not just, okay, it'll be nice if it happens, but now we're like... Like we Arizona got, State we, vaulting up to number two or whatever it was. Yeah, right. or, or yeah. Florida having the yeah. jump that they did. Yeah. We've got a month left of the regular season, basically, a month and a week or so. Correct. 
of the regular season and it's legit. You know, these are two of the best teams in the country, I think without question. And so it's made this season a lot of fun, but the run we've got ahead of us over the next two months is just going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun because they have both teams have have put it on the court and they've proved UC had a bad stretch of two games. Xavier had a bad stretch of two games outside of that. Right. Outside of that, these two teams have, and I wouldn't even call Arizona State a bad. That team just went. No, out of we its just mind. Did, we didn't know at the time that they were right. they were a quality yeah, team. But we, I'm just saying that know. team went out of its mind for for 18 minutes or whatever to finish that game. Like I don't yeah. think that was. And Xavier was doing its typical uh, early season tournament. Let's coach yeah. through a neutral site game. But I, I think Xavier's had a bad week. UC's had a bad week. And other than that, these two teams have legitimately been top 10 teams in the country. And I just think that's. That's really fun to experience, especially from the perspective of this podcast, to go along with NKU being top like to top continue, 60 now. Yeah, in to Ken continue Pop, to yeah. improve what they did last year, the bar they set last year, they're continuing to improve on that. And then Rick's terrible take on Kentucky. Other, we've had some really good <laughs> we'll, stuff. We'll get to that. We've had some really good stuff on the podcast this year. It's been fun. Like I just I wanted to to appreciate what we've what had is to experience wrong with so him? far. I told you I was. What is sick. wrong with him? He's sick. I told you the Did country. Did you ever get epiphany? Me. The country. Did God speak to you one night? night in the country has changed me. Getting out of. Did New the Bridge. ghost of John Wooden come down and sit at the end of your bed and speak to you about being it kinder is, and it gentler? Is, it has changed me. Wow. The peace and quiet of the country is uh, refreshing. It changes your perspective. Yeah, that's how people snap too, Chief. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about UC. Uh, go ahead, Rick. One more topic, uh, and this kind of maybe my final take thing here as well before we move away from Xavier, though, is I, I just mentioned something on uh, the Sports Authority that I don't think we've verbalized before. And uh, This is interesting. I, I, th- I want to see your facial expression when he says this because mine, he threw me off. I think J.P. McCure is the best NBA prospect Xavier has. Hmm. I just, I mean, like at this point, I don't think Xavier has a clear cut NBA prospect. Maybe Najee Marshall down the line is going to be that guy. But what right does he now, play? The two. Two? two. I mean, I mean same thing six, he plays now. Six, six, six. 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 The, 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 he shoots it. Over 200 pounds. He's gotten so strong. I, I will say the fact that he's, he's so changed, athletic. The, one thing, the fact he's changed his body and he would. I, now, he can't guard anyone, but no one in the NBA really guards no. all that well one-on-one anyway to the point if you well, I, I, I guess I'll ask you this question because he, he's not going to be a legitimate player, but would he be satisfied with being the 12th guy? What the hell do you care if you're in the NBA? You don't, I'm asking you, don't question I'm asking your role you in the NBA. would he, in your opinion? Yeah, does yeah? What do you, I don't under, even understand how that's a question. It's the NBA. You don't you don't choose your role in the NBA. You're happy with whatever you get. It's oh, millions Michael of Patrick dollars. Has been the twelfth guy essentially. Yeah, he's made like four million dollars. Yeah, and there's some guys that, that are honestly asses that are the twelfth guys. Why they're not the twelfth guy? I think it's worth. You're like, looking for 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 a dude to be the twelfth guy and just hold, hold, sit there and shut up. I think it's an interesting topic. It is. Trayvon is not an overwhelming NBA I, prospect. I, he, he just he. he where does he play? What what is he plays he plays in when they do like the halftime game of horse, he'd be outstanding. And let's be honest, he hasn't had the senior year we expected him to after the way he finished off the postseason last year. The way he finished off November and early December. Yeah. He just hasn't instilled that type of confidence where you're like, Oh, this guy is definitely going to be drafted in the second round by someone. At this point, my guess is he would probably go undrafted or he'd be one of the last couple of picks. And he's going to have to play his way onto the team. Through the long route, and it's the same do, thing JP would have to do. No question. I mean, do, do you think JP could make a roster? I'm starting to wonder. Okay. I like I, two years ago, I didn't even it didn't even come into my mind. I never would have thought this, but he's more athletic than Trayvon is. 
He makes more plays in other ways. Now, is he as skilled of a scorer? No, but he can certainly get you some buckets, and he's got that NBA range on his shot. So it's, it's just, an interesting. It's an interesting topic. No, I, I don't disagree. I, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I literally is one though. That's the only. I, I I guess the the big thing here is Xavier doesn't have a clear cut NBA prospect. So if you're saying who has the best chance, JP's pretty special mentally. He's got a pretty special makeup in terms of his confidence and his work ethic and all of that stuff. If I'm betting on a guy. Fair enough. It might be him. Fair enough. I like it. It's, I like, I, it's a different different take. We did our we did our final takes in the middle. We did it early. That's right. Okay. Let's. Rick's, do it. Rick's dealing with breaking news. He's a very important part of the the Channel Twelve news machine. Yes. He is on his shift as we are recording this podcast. He might have to exit. He might, but he hasn't had to. He so hasn't far. had to yet. But that's why we did our final takes in the middle. Because I've got to get I've got to get to one more with him here before long. It'll segue off of UC. Let's talk UC first. Struggled in the first half against East Carolina, but then did what you're supposed to do to a team like that. East Carolina made a ton of shots. Yeah. They they shot 54 percent in the first half. They they couldn't have shot 54 percent in the second half in an empty gym. I, I don't think they could have shot 54 percent in the first half in an empty gym. They had one guy that uh, the same that uh, the most baffling thing I've seen all season was East Carolina scoring 90 points the previous game. Now, yes, it was against South Florida, but them scoring 90 points in a game was a freaking miracle. And the guy that went like six for seven from three in that game started out three for four or four for five, whatever against UC. Because he wound up three for nine. Yeah, they ended up they were hot in the first half, and they cooled off in the second half, and UC pulled away. The difference is, in a lot of seasons past, that would have been a game that UC was down 34 to – 26 at halftime and instead they were up by nine or 11 or whatever it was and never really in doubt you know the 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 biggest the biggest complaint from uc fans the the angry uc mob is they didn't win by 26 long enough (laughs) we do need to get a running tally on how many teams have made everything they shot against uc um this is the first one time i've said a team did it i said one guy one guy did it for South Florida, one guy got hot. This like ECU I said, we need was, a running tally. <laughs> Are you going to start thinking for this too? This is Might one. You can start it. On this point. is one. Um, they made a lot of shots in the first half. They made a lot of shots late in the shot clock. They made a lot of contested shots. Chuck, we just good for guard. that. We don't guard. We don't guard. We don't guard. I think they did kind of think that it was East Carolina. The, the defensive intensity was not where it needed to be early, um, and. They were they favored the by message. 30 points. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want from them? They got the message at halftime that stopped doing that, and they stopped doing that, put the chokehold on them, and pulled away and won by 26. And wasn't much to take from it. I, I, I Other ask than Gary Clark is amazing. They're, they're obviously playing uh, in BB&T Arena, so they're not playing at home. This is considered home games because this is their home this year. They've taken that arena pretty well, it seems like. Yeah. Highland Heights is a tough place to win. It is. It is a tough place to win. I, I think it, once you get comfortable – and you have those first games at the beginning of the year. The interesting thing, I, I, what's your take on this? They have not done one shoot around or one practice. Well, you told me they were. You told me they didn't think they were going to. No, they, which surprises me. It really does. That's shocking because the the biggest advantage to playing in your home no, no, gym no, no, to me, yeah, is just knowing the shooting background, right. being comfortable with shooting in your. Never room. done it. Now they did. Um, Kyle Washington's very big on that. He's a very big believer in knowing the shooting background and whatever. So he went over there a lot and played open gym with the NKU guys. Mm. And he would take some of the UC guys with him right. at times to go over there and play some open gyms. But other than that, they've played nothing. They've not touched that place other than 
two hours before getting to the gym, two hours before a game. Yeah, and you said before the year that you thought that's what they were going to do. And they, they've stuck to it. So, I mean, it, 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 they've adjusted to it well. You know, I think they're now, you know, they're, they played 11 or 12 games there, whatever it is. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're comfortable and it's settled in as, you know, they're, they're home away from home, home away from home, if you will. And, um, the, the longest winning home winning streak in the nation continues, even though they're not at home, technically at home, best team in Kentucky. Yes, indeed. They are. Uh, they're very quickly becoming that, um, stat line for Kane Broom, six assists, no turnovers. He's getting there. He's definitely getting there. And, and, ECU doesn't exactly apply no, but, a heavy amount of ball pressure. But he also but he's has been making. He's also been a careless turnover guy, no matter who the opponent. Not careless right? stuff anymore. Um, his turnovers have been way down uh, since conference play has started, and he gave him a he gave him a really nice spark yesterday um, to give them some separation uh, or with scoring initially, and then passing the ball. And it, it's the minutes changed drastically. We I was sitting with uh, with Berg, Justin Berg, my guy. The, the director of basketball content. I like. Him. I like that. That's good. I made That's up. A, give him a title. I made up a title for him. Director of Justin. I'm, I'm going to work on a raise in for you. Now that you got a new title. Man. I gave him a raise. Okay. I gave him a raise and, and a, title. a title. Damn, I'm impressed. All right. So we it was there was about man seven. you are, you are, the country is just making you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So there's about seven eight minutes left in the game, and um, we were we were talking about the impact that that we had felt Kane had had on the game. I'm not a big plus minus guy. I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to it, but occasionally it catches your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, at that specific point in the game, Justin Jennifer had played nine minutes and had a minus nine plus minus, and Kane Broom had had 23 minutes, and guess what his plus minus was? I'll say he was he had to be plus, what, at that point, plus 28? 24, yeah. plus 24. Wow. And that jumps like that jumps off the page it didn't change much probably because no. well just he went up playing 28 minutes and justin played 12 so. justin played the back end the yeah, last okay, three or four right, minutes right, because so it, 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 it had blown out so yeah. it changed some but um that was that was pretty jarring to see minus nine to plus 24 yeah. with the minute disparity that, that was there between them I, as kane gets more comfortable you're going to see kane play more of the minutes and probably as as it has been a lot of those minutes at the two with Jacob Evans at the one. And that's... I like that lineup. If you've noticed, Rick, we talked, what, two weeks ago they were up near 60 in offensive efficiency. I think they're down near 35. It's and that's that's them adjusting and getting comfortable with, I think, Jacob Evans running the point and Kane Broom playing more off the basketball. And um, we don't talk enough about Gary Clark. It's also them catching USF and ECU. That helped. Yeah, but they also played Central Florida, Central Florida and, Florida and Tem- too. Yeah, Temple was pretty. I think it was right after Temple that they were up near sixty. Yeah, um, Gary Clark's really good. We don't talk about that enough. I, I asked you last week if he's a player of the year in the league. Don't I tell me I didn't talk about be. it. I think he has. Did I not, did I not ask? You, Do you did think ask. He's a player of the year in the league. I, I don't think he will be, but I think he should be. I mean, the dude is really good. It, it's almost you can pencil in what you pen. It, it's fourteen and fourteen. Well, yeah, I'm not even sure you're gonna pencil in that all the time, but it's right. <laughs> it's fifteen and eight. You know, he's on and nine. He's on pace to be the third leading rebounder in UC history, all time. All time. Wow. Two guys ahead of him, Oscar and Twyman, who are in the Naismith Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Ahead of Kenyon, ahead of yeah Hicks, Fortson. ahead of Fortson, yeah. ahead of Max Seal. That's ahead of Jim Ard. Go look him up. Ahead of Jim Ard. 
Oh man, Ard's boy. That would be had a big Bob Miller, one of Gail Catlett's yes. stars in the seventies. That would be pretty remarkable to finish third all time. It would be in rebounds. I would have never guessed that, to be honest with you. That shows some consistency over a period of time. And you don't think of him right as like a monstrous like Angel Delgado. Yeah, he's not an 18, 19 rebound guy. It's eight, it's nine, nine, yeah, nine to eleven every night. Right. It feels like, right? And he's just unfortunately, player of the year is going to go to a, a points guy. It's going to go to Shake Milton or Rob yeah, Gray or, or right. Landry Shamit. But you're two for two on Landry Shamit tonight. I'm calling him Landry on this podcast on the BCJ he's podcast. Still Larry, he's still Larry, still Larry. okay? Because yeah. you got it on TV right too, and it surprised the hell out of me. I, I know like, his name. I was just hazing the rookie. I think they've been sufficiently hazed. Tulsa or Tulane? I don't know. <laughs> I'm never going to be comfortable. I know you're not. T U L T U L. My brain goes. That's why I, that's why I just zap you. All right. Next for uh, UC is is the return game with Temple at at home on Wednesday night. Uh, Nine o'clock Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I don't like those times. And either. we're going to have to do a Thursday morning podcast. Get, happy Chad won't be here Thursday morning. Yes, you will, because you'll have made the drive back out to the country for a good night's sleep. I won't get a good night's sleep because um, it's going to be late, and then I have to wake up early to drive back here to see you schmucks. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's the softest do- podcaster in the country. <laughs> it is. It is. Now, I do want to. I, I do want to talk about inside the league, where your your Rick's Wichita Shockers uh, lose for a second straight. They're time. helping the league. <laughs> They're just doing. <laughs> what the league they ain't needs. helping themselves though. No, no, they are not. It's not a good week for the the Wheat Shockers. Rick, what's your thoughts on the back-to-back losses for the Wichitas? Does it make them an elite team? They are clearly... We need to start talking about this Wichita State as a national title contender and a Final Four team and the best team in the country. They're proving it. We also need to talk about their backcourt as the best backcourt in the country. I've seen that one out there, too. They're they're proving it. There's no question about it. They're absolutely proving it. I think what I've said from the beginning of the year is dead-on accurate. They're a solid team who's clearly the second-best in this conference. Yeah, and now, I mean, clearly? yeah, clearly the second best yeah. in this conference. Yeah, they are. I, I, what, what are you trying to say? They're third? They, Come on. They're, they're not third. Relax. No, they're not third. But it does give UC now game in hand for, for lack game of a better. Game and a half and two games in hand. Well, but yeah, I'm just talking about if you were to lose, maybe lose at Wichita, you still have that game in hand where you come back, so you still have the game. You'd still have the game. Yeah, they're third, zero in the loss column. Wichita's two in the loss column now. You did mention, does it help the league? It, it helps SMU and Houston because those two teams – at least have some things on their out-of-conference resume that can help them get a bid. Now, what can't happen, and, and SMU has not been a team to do this, but Houston can't go Houston and lose at Memphis and lose at Tulane right. or Tulsa or whatever the case. Like They, they have sure to they actually play? show sure, the fortitude. Sure you know which one they play? No, I don't. Okay. I have no clue. It really doesn't matter. It does, doesn't they matter. They lose either one. Exactly. But, but they, 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 they have to now show that they've matured enough under Kelvin Sampson that they can get on a run towards the end of the season and, and get themselves in the tournament because they've got good wins. And they beat Arkansas by 26. Mm-hmm. And they've got a couple others in there. They've got a bad loss or two, but they've got a couple wins – that can get them in, along with the Wichita State win. Maybe you get Cincinnati at home. Um, they've got themselves in okay position. The problem is they've done this before, and then they just completely choke right. in situations that they can't choke in. So we'll see how they hold up. SMU, 
I still think they're fourth in the pecking order, but they won at Wichita State, and they've got a neutral site win over Arizona. And that it's their resume doesn't have a whole lot else after that. But when we get to 68 teams have to make the field, those chips on the table hold some weight. I would still say three, but after this week, you have to give a realistic opportunity that I'm going to have to eat a shoe. I, 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 I think it's a chance. I still don't think you're going to have to eat your shoe. You're I don't think so either, but I'm saying it's back on the table. It is back on the table. That's all. Your shoe's off your foot and it's on the table. I looked today. I, I was trying to, to get creative. I looked today. There's a pair of chocolate dress shoes. That I saw for two hundred and sixty-eight dollars. <laughs> I, th- I think the eating your shoe bit's gone too far for something that's just never going to happen. I'll be honest. I just hope it doesn't have to have to take place. All right, let's talk about Kentucky. Can, I, can the yes. shoe be a cake? Can be. It can, you can. It have can a be shoe whatever cake. the heck you want. Exactly. It ain't gonna happen as long as it looks like a shoe. Yeah. And I eat it, then, then, then we're good. Then you're good. Okay. All right, I said on the last podcast, if Kentucky goes four and one in the next stretch of, of five, they they may prove something to me. So now they got to they got to sweep the last four, which includes West Virginia a game, a game at West Virginia. Look, losing to Florida is not the end of the world, um, but lo- losing in Rupp and and just it, it just doesn't seem like anything's ever going to click with this team. It just doesn't. I mean, yeah, I guess if, you, if you're expecting it to turn around in one game, then yeah, I, mean, I guess you weren't impressed. I don't, I don't know. Like, we've addressed this in such depth in the last podcast. Well, but, I don't know. But what the one thing I was they, they did get Quaddy Green back, back, and it was it was his first game back, so there's obviously going to be some some rust there. Yeah, I think. But I'm not even fun. sure how much of a difference he makes. I really don't. Oh, I think he makes a big difference. Yeah. Reminds me of Ryan Harrow. I was wondering Ryan when Harrow you were going to go there. Huh? Ryan Harrow would help. He might help. You're right. Yeah. He actually might. He actually might help. Ryan Arrow. He actually might help. I, I just. I don't know. I, you're, you're. You're. You probably are going to be right in the long run. I, I really think you probably will be. But it, it, I'm still in that prove it to me stage, and it just it doesn't feel like a season that if you're a Kentucky fan, it doesn't feel like much fun. Here's because it's the same. It's the same issue time and time again that you just can't see is just not going to change. It's just not. Here's a. Here's an interesting thing. Why, I, why is it not? What's not going to change? A, they're never going to shoot the ball, and B, I don't think they're ever going to share the ball properly. I think they share the ball really, really well. I think they're very unselfish, and that's why I like this team. That's that's the number one reason I'm high on this team. Let me me go to this. If you were Cal right now, would you think about going to more full-court pressure to try to create some live ball turnovers to try to create some more offense? Yeah. I mean, that's the next step. But they press some. I'm talking talking full-fledged. You're going to have to send guys away. Press Virginia. Yes, correct. I, I wouldn't be against it if they have that like implemented as part of their system. I don't think they should just – if you just keep changing what you're doing because, oh, my God, we, we've got to get better, you're not going to get better at anything. Like You've got to work your way through a system and continue to pound it into young guys' heads that, hey, every possession matters, and here's what you do when this happens, and here's what you do when that happens, and you have to learn answers – to these breakdowns within your defensive system. So I don't think they should just keep switching it up. I think they should get comfortable in whatever's working best for them. Florida shot under 35% from the floor, mm-hmm. under 30% from three, and one at Rupp Arena. Yeah, do you know that Kentucky it's, at one stage... Not, Florida did not play well in no. any stretch of the imagination. I, I saw this stat at Florida. Kentucky at one stage missed 18 straight jump shots. That's nine the, threes, that nine floor, mid-range. That does not 18 me. straight. That does not floor me. Here's the thing. I saw this today. Did, since Cal had Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. you know how many teams he's had that didn't have a top 10 pick? 
uh, based on the way you phrase that and probably thinking in my mind, none. Zero. Yeah. This team likely does not have Correct. a top 10 pick. Correct. Now, they've probably got quite three guys or so in the 10 to 11 to 20, but I don't think this team has a top 10 pick. And his teams have a game changer, a guy that is elite. There's nobody that's elite. I've even gotten away from the, the roster construction. Yeah, I know. I, I've beat that into the ground. I don't even need to talk about that anymore. Kevin Knox right now projected to go ninth by NBA draft. Ninth and sliding. I yeah. Don't, he's not playing nearly as well as people thought he would. If you had the ninth pick, would you take him? No. Okay. So there's a good – I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm saying there's a chance. This is the first time Cal has had a team without a top ten pick since Derrick Rose – and I would venture to guess most of those years he's had a top three, if not a top five at worst. He's not he wasn't sneaking in dudes in at nine to keep keep that streak alive. They just don't right. So if uh, if our point is they're not going to go forty and zero and not going to be a national title contender, yes, they're not as good as Cal's best teams. If the point is they have no upside, which is what we were arguing about on the last podcast, limited and. And they're not—they're not a team that could be a second weekend of the tournament type team. Then I just disagree with that take. I, this team does not suck. I, I would say this: I, I think there is upside. I just don't—I don't think this is a second weekend team. I don't. Anymore. I just don't. Game on the line. Who's winning Kentucky a game? We don't know yet because nobody's done it, and they've had a couple chances, and it hasn't happened. Okay, they're freshmen, and, and you're down to five weeks. Okay, they're freshmen. All right, yeah, we'll see. They're freshmen, but like. They were freshmen last year, and you looked and said they got Fox and Monk. Like, they got dudes that can do it. And those guys were getting criticized during the middle of the season, too. Not on this podcast. Yes, they were. Not as... We were talking about their issues last year, too. Now, those guys are better than what they have this year. There's no question about that. But we seem to forget that every year this team, go, this UK team goes through I struggles. I forget that. I just think this team is different because I don't think they have the next gear that those other teams had. Okay. And, and, and I go back to... Just they've just the main teams they've played they've not beaten and that is true and their schedule was just really soft so if you look at fourteen wins that UCLA loss looks it looks worse bad yeah. right now yeah it looks worse yeah the resume is not great I don't but that has nothing to do with the point going forward the the point is do they have upside and can they make a run in the postseason I, 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 I think the case I, is I, yes I, will, I said I'll agree with you that I think they have upside I don't think they're a second weekend team. I think their upside is limited substantially. Because they don't have a monster. They don't have a... a okay, so they can't guy. make the second weekend of the tournament. They can make the second weekend of the tournament only because we have no idea in college basketball this year. Okay, well, this team doesn't stink then. I don't think they stink. I think they I just stink. Think they're not, right, well, yeah, but that's how everyone talks about them is like they're awful and... But I also think there's just, a different bar there too, right? There, yeah, there's a bar that's the bar been set. The Final Four. Right. Like that's, that's what you expect from them. That's their expectations. I think if you ask Cal, he would tell you, Final Four, that's what I expect my teams to do. Okay, yes, this Kentucky team is not going to make a Final Four. I would agree with that. All right, so there we go. The bar's been set, and, and you've got them below the bar, too. Uh, NK, you got a little bit of a break over the weekend because they, they made their own break by winning two games up in uh, in Wisconsin, but got a little bit of a break with Wright State losing, so now that game in hand that Wright State had is, is now gone. Now, they do have NKU coming you. back there, but here they sit uh, and, and playing. That, that was a really good good two games for them away from home. Yeah, well, you we were talking about that last week with UC and how difficult it is to go make a road trip and play two games in a row. And 
that's what NK you just had to do in Wisconsin, and then they got two nice wins. But the bigger thing is right now for this NKU team is just what we talked about with Wright State. It's that Wright State team still has slip ups along the way. Yeah, I, that's why I've always said NKU is still the team to beat in this conference, and you're seeing that right now. I mean, you can't lose to Milwaukee if you're Wright State. Milwaukee greater than Dayton as a city. Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> I like Milwaukee. It's a good city. Have you been to Milwaukee? I've been through Milwaukee. I've never been to you been Milwaukee. Up, you've been to Dayton? I've been to Dayton numerous times. And I'm Garbage. Okay with, and I'm okay with Dayton. Um, no, you're not. I am. I'm okay with Dayton. I can't believe you've never done a summer fair. I've not. We went one year when I was younger with my dad. It was awesome. Awesome event. It's like three weeks long. Harkening back to days with, with, with Pop and what Summer Fair. What is going fair. on with it? What in the world? Good God. Goodness gracious! Did, honestly, did you did you almost meet your maker one night? Nope. Is that what happened? Nope. He got into a coughing fit and blacked yep. out. Saw the light. <laughs> woke up in. and yeah, saw yeah saw oh. saw the other end and went. I got to change, man. I got to change my ways. Just, I'm just not going to be a grumpy old irritable man anymore. It's throwing me for a loop. I learned it by watching you. All right. <laughs> See, maybe it was like it's a wonderful life. Yeah, he just read Seth Davis's live tweet of "It's a Wonderful Life" and it just no. changed his life. Seth Davis has been muted from my account since two Christmases ago because of "It's a Wonderful Life." Wow. <laughs> well, see, the new you should unmute him then. No, absolutely not. Are you still blocking people on Twitter? When I feel like it, yeah. Okay, so he hasn't. There's still that. a little bit of an anger yeah. issue there, yeah. yeah. But at least you can manage that anger with just a push of a button. I think I did somebody the other day just because they annoyed, like they said something stupid, so I blocked them. <laughs> Muted him or blocked him? Blocked. Okay, that's even worse. That put the, well, put the full if, if you say on. something stupid and I don't know you and it's the first time you've interacted with me, I just let it go. You're going to say something stupid the next time you interact with me, so it's easier. Well, just you're gone. In in fairness, if you're not going to let anyone talk who says stupid things, you're really limiting your human interaction, my man. That's, that's why I don't really have many friends and I don't talk to people. That, that's a, that's a legit point. There lucky. he is. Now he's back. Now we got lucky now up with you two. Now schmucks. we got him back. Now we got him back. All right, uh, you guys already did your final take, but, but anything else from the weekend that, that that caught your eye? Not overly. I mean, it, it's kind of we've come to expect this now. Like every team that's ranked is going to lose, if, especially if they go on the road. No doubt. I mean, <laughs> it's the bottom line. It, it really is. No, and no Stone Cold said so. No doubt about it. There really and truly is. It, it's it's made it. Fun, like let, let's talk. Let's talk briefly. Trey Young, too many shots. Probably <laughs> no. He needs a better team around. Him. Yeah, I, I, he's, he's yeah. He's a he is literally a one man. When man. Skinny was getting all excited about that Oklahoma team two podcasts ago, that was my point. Then is that this he's amazing and he's doing exactly what he should do. But there's not enough help around him, and you you can't. And, win and, and, and I would say in that thirty nine shots. And, yeah, and in that league, I, I mean. He's going to will them and and lead them to some wins, but also but he, if, ain't, if, if, he ain't passing Kansas, correct by himself. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, that that part's not going to happen. Unfortunately, I I still would not want to face him and them in the tournament. No, no, that's that's the one thing you don't want to see them in the postseason at all. Not in the Big Twelve tournament, not in the NCAA tournament, because there's nothing yeah. you can do to contain him. He's going to score forty five fifty if he wants to score forty five fifty, and you just have to hope he's a little bit off. And I mean, it, and it, and it, you just have to hope it takes him thirty nine shots to get there. Right, exactly. You have to hope and, he has and the turnover. Even, and even then, they only lost by two. What's going on with the glasses? You're putting them on. You're taking them off. You're putting them on. You're taking them off. They're, they're readers. Fogged, they're fogged up. And they're readers. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need them. They're fogged up too. So, I only need them for, for readers. It's a lot of hot air in this room. Your, there is your there, readers there, are fogged up. There is no no question about. It. All right, anything else? We good? I think we're good. Okay. Glad you're feeling feeling good with yourself. 
you need me to be angry again? I'll, I'll figure out is something. It, to is get it required I, for I'll, me to be angry on this see, podcast? See, right now, it feels like we're ganging up on Rick, and Rick's fighting back on the Kentucky front. We just need to find a way to gang up on you to get you angry. That's, that's, we'll figure that, that part out. Never takes I, much. It, it, it used to not. It's taken a lot more these days. So we'll figure it out. Skinny looks genuinely concerned right I am. now, doesn't he? I am. He's yeah, so I'm, I'm in a good mood, and he is genuinely concerned for my well-being it's, because it's, I'm not angry. It's throwing me off, man. That's all I can tell you. All right, yeah, I mean, you've known me, what, 10, 12, 15 years? 15 years. Yeah. That's now. why he's concerned. That's why I'm concerned. Something happened. Something <laughs> happened. That's all I can tell you. Something happened. All right, boys, we're out of here. We'll be back uh, on Thursday because both UC and Xavier play on Wednesday this coming week. Um, So we'll be back with the podcast at that point. For Rick Broering and the very, very mellow Chad Brendel, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. Hey! Hey!